And Sally's taking us to Tasmania today. We're going to enjoy everything that state has to offer. We are. Well, specific parts of the state this time. It's such a wonderful state, Tasmania. It's different from the mainland. It is different from the mainland. And, I mean, one thing I found out this time, you know, even though I've been there a few times over the last few years, they hate being called Taswegians because a lot of us on the mainland, they say, we're not from Norway. Why are we called Taswegians? (laughs) <laughs> That's a very fair comment. I it's don't a, know where that uh, I don't know came either. from. Yeah. But, um, so having, they like to be Tasmanians. They just like to be Tasmanians. But having said that, I, it was, I think, my saddest flight in and drive around in one respect because I hadn't realised how much of a drought they'd had down there. I've always thought of it as like the Emerald Isle, you know, very lush yes. and green. And and honestly, the dams were half empty. It was, you know, they offered you to have a very bad summer this year and bad bushfires. But having said that, everything we did was still wonderful. But I just hope they do get a little bit more rain as well as lots of our other poor farmers and country folks. So let's just hope they they get that rain. Mm, it's but, certainly got a bit of a change at the moment. It looks as though there should be some rain in it, according to the, yes. the big picture. The big picture. Well, this time, um, the main reason for going, I was sort of, I was a tack on because my husband and five of his friends decided or have been wanting to do for a long time the Cradle Mountain Hunts Walk, which you've done, Jane, I know, a few times as well. And um, it's considered, of course, one of Australia's most spectacular walks. And um, they had all weather. I mean, this was only March. They they started the uh, the walk on the 26th, I think it was, and snowed all the first day. This so is they, March we're talking about. Yeah, just gone. Not yeah. April. Yeah, March. <laughs> so they, they started in March and, um, yeah, finished on the last day of March the 31st. He was absolutely mesmerised by it, absolutely loved the walk, thought it was incredible. Um, our friends from Darwin joined them and, of course, there's no mountains to train in Darwin, so there was one wife, one lady out of their, our group of six did it. I didn't do it. Um, but she was a bit worried about her fitness because there's nowhere there you can really train for mountains. But she, she coped. She said I was a bit slower than everyone else, but she was very proud of the fact that, that you know, she'd cope with the walk. So, I mean, you walk about, what, 7 to 12 kilometres every day, I think, roughly thereabouts and of course you, you get to see lovely wildlife as well as lovely scenery along the way but they did have all weather from, from snow to rain to sunshine um, but they provide you the Tasmanian Walking Company provide you with these wonderful Gore-Tex style um, raincoats so they were quite well you know provided yeah. for mm. um, the main thing is you take plenty of socks with you so because you don't want to be walking with wet feet or getting blisters so always have plenty of socks in your day pack but you know they stayed in the huts which they wanted to do they you know you're doing the hard yards during the day it's nice to stay in the huts at night have a beautiful meal prepared for you they provide beautiful Tasmanian wines with the meal like all this stuff gets flown in it's basically a vegetarian diet of course but you brought a recipe home one night they had a butter and chickpea curry with potatoes and everything he said it was absolutely delightful. Mm. You know, so the quality of the food is good. So if anyone hasn't done it and is thinking of doing it, he certainly recommended it. It was a wonderful trip to do. So you st- they pick you up at Launceston, take you up to the starting point, of course, in in um, the Cradle Mountain National Park, and then you finish up at Lake St. Clair where a little ferry boat picks you up, takes you across the lake, and that's a lovely end to it as well. Then they bring you back to Launceston at the end. So if anyone hasn't done it, my husband and his crowd could certainly recommend it. And he enjoyed the scenery. Yes, loved it. 
love the scenery. There's a Just bit of variety too, isn't there? High country, high yes. mountains and Yes, yeah, everything. Yeah. Rainforest, yeah. Yeah, so it was great. And this time what we also did because they came off the um hike or the walk on them Sunday and we all joined them on the Sunday night. So they wanted sort of a a lazy day, not a walking active day, you know, the day after the walk. So funny about that. Yeah, funny about that. So what we did was the Batman Bridge cruise up the Tamar River, which I've never done before, even though I've been to Launceston many times and no one had. So we all did that and it was great. Well there was eight of us and it was a great, great cruise and the, the skipper was so knowledgeable and wonderful bird life, these huge sea eagles nests, etc. And apparently it's Australia's longest navigable estuary, which I didn't know either. So we cruised 40 kilometres down the Tamar. The lunch provider was excellent on board. Um, Again, they had a wine tasting from a local winery and we checked the wines out afterwards, priced them, and they were top of the range. So, you know, you're not getting just little cheap wine. So we have a lovely wine tasting on board. They have, you know, fresh fruit and cheese platters. You get a light lunch. Um, then you can just buy your own, you know, local wine and beer if you want drinks on board as well. But that was a lovely way to go up the Tamar. And then as you come back in, they just nudge into Cataract Gorge at the end so that you get to see Cataract Gorge as well. So that was lovely to do that, which we hadn't done before, but we also went back up the Tamar, the other side of the river, up to Low Head because that's such an interesting point to go to with the old lighthouse there and the museum. It's a, a very interesting little museum and all the little cottages. You can stay there now, of course, as, as well if you want to and hire those little cottages that were once used by the people who manned the lighthouse. So, yeah, it was it was a fabulous day. Your easy. You're listening Alternative 2 on URFM. It is 20 past one. We're talking travel. Sally Lucas, we've gone to, popped over to Tasmania and we're really enjoying some of its delights. We certainly are. Um, Yes, so we're going to leave Lonnie now and uh, we hired a... um, one of those Connor vans, you know, that seated 12 people, which was great because with eight of us, we were originally going to hire an eight-seater. We realised we'd never have fit... At luggage in. Mm. So luckily we did end up hiring the larger vehicle, which was certainly fantastic. And we gave the rest of the group a little look at Freysenay on the way down to Hobart rather than just go down the middle, even though it's quicker. We thought some hadn't been to Wine Glass Bay, etc., which is such a pretty spot. So we did call in there and had a you know bite of lunch and a, a, a traditional scallop pie, of course. Yay! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which you have to have. And then we headed down to um, Hobart and we had a couple of lovely apartments there just off Salamanca Place. So we got down there and we had four nights down there and had three in Launceston, by the way. So we did a few lovely things there. We went into the Mountfield National Park, which is a delightful national park. Um, it, it takes you up a bit as well, doesn't it? It High does. Country. Yeah, and you get this wonderful, this magnificent town eucalypt forest with some of the tallest eucalypts on the planet and you've just got to keep putting your head back to your necks almost off I mean your head's almost off the back of your neck because they're so tall so you know to walk through that forest of trees is just remarkable and of course you've got waterfalls in there as well not that they were all that full this time because of the lack of rain but they were still they were still running so you were still seeing waterfalls which was just a beautiful thing and it's only from memory how long did it take us about an hour and a half out of Hobart so it's not far so it's quite an easy day trip to do and you can do a short walk or you, there are longer walks you can do as well if, you, if you've got the time and do a complete round trip or if you had someone that didn't want to do the long walk you could drop your group off at 
the start and you could then there's a finishing point at the other side of the park where you could then pick them up and continue on. But even along the way to that, it's such a pretty drive because you're following the Derwent River nearly the whole way. So it's just such a pretty, pretty drive. And there's a salmon farm along the way if you want to call in there where you can go and get to taste some beautiful fresh farm salmon, etc., which is always a nice thing to do. Um, and then, of course, we were there when the markets were on. Of course, the Salamanca markets are, are famous and they are still... In Absolutely Hobart, fantastic yeah. in mm-hmm. Hobart. You know, the range of goods and the quality is excellent of everything they have there. And then we did um, a Tasman Island cruise, which, again, we have done before, but the rest of the group hadn't, and we did it at a different time of year. So it was different this time because we were seeing different sea life than we saw when we did it, you know, November before last. So that was, I mean, it is spectacular. I mean, this part of this cruise line, um, it's it's the highest vertical sea cliffs in the southern hemisphere, which is at Cape Pillar. So you're getting to see all this and the wonderful bird life, albatrosses and all sorts of fantastic bird life, dolphins, seals, etc. So if you're down there, you should do one of those cruises. Um, Again, you can be picked up from Hobart if you don't have a car. They do run a a courtesy bus service because it leaves them down near Port Arthur. Or if you've got your own vehicle, as we did, you you can go down, you know, yourself and get on it from there. But, like, you see these diving gannets, and they're remarkable. I forget how many kilometres an hour they said they dive. I think it's something like 80 kilometres an hour. Mm. And you see them from high, just suddenly they'll... Their eyesight must be incredible. They've seen a fish beneath the water and down they go. You know, it's it's remarkable. So you go in these beautiful custom-built yellow boats that are ideal for viewing the, the coastline, of course, and you can do another one around Bruni Island as well. These vessels hold about 43 guests and they're, they're covered but, but open, if you know what I mean, like open-sided, etc. But they provide you with sort of a nice heavy um, poncho-style raincoat because you can get wet. Um, you're in the Great Southern Ocean down there and you can get a lot of swell, etc. So probably someone who suffers from motion sickness may not want to do these, but they, it is a wonderful experience to do it. Um, and there's other cruises you can do as well. If you didn't even want to do that one, you can do a two-and-a-half-hour cruise from the Hobart waterfront called the Iron Pot Cruise. And it just does all the waterways in and around there. They they go and visit Australia's oldest lighthouse, circumnavigate Betsy Island, and discover lots of things about the, the rich maritime park. Now, that's just a little small uh, vessel that takes 12 passengers, so it's quite an intimate. And you cruise down the Derwent River past uh, Historic Battery Point, etc., and all sorts of lovely things, the Shot Tower, etc. They've got another one, too, a Tasmanian Seafood Seduction Cruise, Mm. where they actually go and you enjoy oysters shut straight from the water, or if it's lobster season or whatever, the guy, they dive for abalone and sea urchin as well and provide you with a meal on board, so that's something really interesting to do and you can, as I said you can do the cruise of Bruni Island as well so there's many options there and if you're not wanting to do the long walk of of course the, um, the Cradle Mountain Walk you've got that lovely Three Capes Walk which you can do of course which starts again down near Port Arthur and my husband has done that as well and that is a wonderful walk to do as well but it's a, a shorter walk it's only like a three night walk but you do have to carry all your own gear with that one mm. um, um, they provide places for you to stay again but you've got to bring all your own food in as well on that one but still something fantastic so Tassie's always got a lot to offer Jane as usual we've only looked at the centre and the east so this time that's what I'm saying it's 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 so much to see in such a small state it's it's just delightful to NURFM 29 past one as we talk travel Sally Lucas what's around in the hot deals in the travel marketplace at the moment 
Well, Jane, this time of the year, or it's just about finished now, of course, is the famous sakura or cherry blossom time in Japan. Cherry blossom. And yeah. if you've missed it this year, well, don't don't worry, don't worry. There's that happens every year, and it's the most important festival. In Japan and for the Japanese, it's it's their they're really their big festival time of the year, and they do celebrate it wonderfully well. And of course, you see this magic of beautiful pale pink flowers everywhere, and they have all sorts of other things happening as well. So Bunnik Tours have actually released already their program for next year. So if you've missed this year, you can certainly do and go next year, and they've got. A couple of different itineraries, but there's one quite good one, a 17-day, which is a really in-depth tour of Japan if you're interested in doing it. Um, and, of course, you get to get to go Mount Fuji, you get to go on the bullet train, um, you know, admire all the different things you do there to get to see sumo wrestling or, and, of course, enjoy the cherry blossoms. And so there are dates in March, April that are still available, and you can save $750 per person on that so long as you book and deposit by the end of May. And there are, of course, plenty of other operators who, who do them as well. Yes, yeah, yes, they have plenty of other operators. And, of course, don't forget if you, if you can't wait till next year and you still would love to go to Japan this year, you've always got the fall and the autumn colours are beautiful as well. It's not as important a festival in Japan, but um, there's one, a foliage sea of Japan, which this is a princess cruise, one which is circumnavigating Japan. So if you're a person who loves your cruising, but also you're going to see a heck of a lot of Japan, that's all it's doing is just, you know, doing one port in South Korea. But um, the rest of them, basically, you're taking in about one, two, three, four, yeah, half a dozen ports mm-hmm. in Japan. So that's quite interesting. And that's... Um, only valid for sale though until next week, but that's from um, under four and a half thousand dollars. That one, so that's really including that's air, of course. I should say that's including air with Qantas into Tokyo plus your princess cruise. Um, we've always said this, Jane, there's nothing quite like Antarctica, <laughs> and of course, there isn't. Um, and there are some discounts again, there's a special discount of 750 per person on selected travel dates between late October this year and early April um, 2020. The Bunnik have released as well. If you're still thinking of getting to Japan, this I thought might interest well, ladies in particular, but doesn't have to be ladies. This uh, the Classic Safari Company has food safaris now that they're running with Christine Manfield, which I think I might have mentioned before, but she keeps increasing the areas she's going to. Originally just started with, with India because she her love of Asian and Indian cuisine. But she's now got tours as well going um, to Italy, to a southern Italy and Sicily and Puglia. So that would be an interesting one. Uh, Spain and Morocco. So that's another one. Um, obviously, India, as I've mentioned to you. And also, she's got one now going into Mexico. Um, so that would be great. And one into Colombia as well. So if you're interested in food or MasterChef starts tonight, yes, <laughs> I'm a happy person. Oh, I can see you radiating. <laughs> yeah. um, also, Jane, there's a couple of those fly cruises we've talked about before that people seem to love these days. Of course, it's an all-inclusive package, of course. Now, this is in August, and it's called a Norwegian getaway. It's 12 nights, and it's departing, as I said, on the 18th of August, with your airfare included, and, of course, your wonderful cruise that's taking in Copenhagen, um, Berlin, and it goes to Tallinn, St. Petersburg, etc. Starts and ends in Copenhagen, and you get also your return air with Qantas and three nights pre-cruise in Copenhagen. And something a little bit different, this is valid for sale till 31 May, doesn't depart until next year in March, and it's uh, 11 nights, 
from under $2,500. Now, this is just a a land-only package, so you buy your own airfare to go with this, but it's combining um, rail as well as a cruise, so that's quite interesting. So you're getting a transfer included, you fly into Milan, get your own airfare into Milan, three nights in Milan, then you do a Swiss Alps Bernina Express day tour from Milan, how nice would that be? And then you're transferred from Milan to Genoa, and you're doing an eight-night cruise on the on an MSC vessel, the Grandiosa, from Genoa and return, which is going around the lovely Med area. So that is, again, a lovely one if you're wanting to do that. You're taking in, as I said, the Swiss Alps for the day, Milan, Genoa, Naples, Messina in Italy, Valletta in Malta, Palma de Mallorca in Spain, Barcelona, Marseille, and then back to Genoa. So that's good. There you go. Plenty Plenty going on. Plenty going on. And we look forward to talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.